ever felt frustrated and helpless after listening and doing everything your vet told you to do, but it only made your sick pet worse and not get any better? That's me in 2008 with my first adopted cat, Meow. I did everything the vet told me to do and I realised she wasn't getting any better and only worse. So I decided to look into alternative health options and was drawn to the stories of holistic pet service entrepreneurs and their transformative journey, overcoming obstacles, chasing their passion and creating a movement that has caused a ripple effect of positive change in the lives of their clients and pets around the world. Join me as I share the raw, inspiring journeys of these amazing entrepreneurs, their successes and failures. My name is Amrys Wang and this is The Raw Entrepreneur. Who is Cindy Meal, please? <laughs> well, that is a loaded question. Uh, I... I I'm a Southern girl. I grew up in Mississippi. And then I moved to New York when I was in my 20s. And I'm 64 now. So I have I have seen many years. Um, and when I moved to New York, I was in the fashion business and was a fashion designer. But somewhere along the line after having children, and I, I was always a passionate horse horsewoman. So I was very enamored with uh, Buck Brannaman's methods of horsemanship, which I felt like I had never learned growing up. And, and once I learned the way that he was with horses and the people around him were with horses, I, I felt so bad about how I had done it that I felt compelled to make a documentary about Buck Brannaman, which was called Buck. And and that's what got me in the film world because I was really fashion designer, artist, had not really studied film or anything, but I thought the only way to bring this story about horses to the public, I mean, I could teach people in my backyard or tell them about it, tell them to go see Buck, but I, I couldn't reach that many people. And I felt so moved by it that I made that film and the film did well. So, it just led me on this crazy path. And you have to realize I was 50 years old at the time or 49, 50. So it, it's funny how just little things can show up in your life and it just changes your entire world. So since Buck, we've made, we've made 10 films, a music video and an educational series. Um, and we have two more films in the work and we're, we're shooting this video tomorrow about a dog shelter in our local, in our local town. It's amazing. So I don't know, does that, is that enough? It's <laughs> <laughs> a loaded question. <laughs> I oh. hope I'm a very compassionate animal person. That's, that's, and, and mother and wife as well. So, so you've always been an animal lover since you're a wee one? Oh yes, oh yes. Um, we started with getting ducks for Easter and I, I always wanted a horse. I don't know why, I think I, oh, I know. I went when I was six to a birthday party and they had a pony in the backyard for the kids to ride. And that was it for me, that was all it took and the, I was horse obsessed. So after that, and then we got a dog somewhere along the way, but my mother wasn't really a much of a dog person. I mean, you know, she liked them, but I was once again obsessed with with the dog and it just, you know, now I've had many dogs. So yeah, I've always heard about animals. So what what made you go into fashion design in the first place? Well, I also liked fashion quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and it's creative. I mean, I think you know, art is creative, fashion design is creative, um, making movies is creative. And so I suppose that's the other piece of my life that I find very fulfilling is to create things and to, to oh. have an artistic sense about everything, my, my home, everything. So, so how would you describe, you know, your artistic fashion style? Oh, that's a good question. I, I always believe that fashion is individual. 
and that people don't really need to follow trends, that they they need to find a style that works for them and and you know works for them and their body and their mood. And I love people who are individual dressers that that will put together a style that is maybe unique to them. Um, my youngest daughter was just great at it from an early age. She would put together the craziest outfits ever, but it just always worked for her. And to this day, she she kind of has a hippie, hippie chic style, I would say. I mean, both my daughters have great style, but but I love the fact that they're both very different and individual. And and I think that that good style means it looks good on you, not that you followed the latest trend. So you're actually quite detailed oriented if you're into fashion and I would say you're quite crafty um, with your hands, maybe. (laughs) I mean, this office that is now the film office downstairs was my art studio or, or technically still is, but I don't have time to make art so much as as um, as films and but I think that I think creativity and and craftiness is really everywhere around you it's how you set your table it's how you you know have friends over and and how you arrange the table and and the food and everything I, I don't think any people say oh I don't have any artistic ability and I never I never believe that I think art is everywhere it's everywhere you look if you only look at it that way so you know down to the food on your plate how do those colors look if it's all white or if it all (laughs) sort of becomes monochromatic like find a plate that makes your food pop and and make sure that you have colors on your plate that make it appealing like i i don't think that creativity stops on a canvas or on your clothing or you know, even in a film, it's, it's, it's everywhere. So we, because, wow, you have a very strong independent artistic streak in you. I mean, (laughs) I hope so. Because, you know, I watched Doc Doc, thanks to you, um, you know, for arranging that special viewing for me in Singapore. Again, I still wish that it was available in Singapore for everyone else to watch because it's such an amazing documentary. Um, but what I loved is, you know, the a lot of people when they watch documentaries, you know, they follow the storyline and they love the characters in there. But for me, um, well, I would say that I'm a little bit arty, but not 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 as successful as you are, as accomplished as you are. Um, but I've but I'm always um, aware of how the camera looks how the story pans out, you know, and, and that is the director behind the film. That is the person who sees the big storyboard picture, you know, um, to create the story to come to life. And, you know, if it's one thing that um, all, I mean, like the, the awards and accolades that you've had for all the films that you've done has shown is that you have a very creative um, visual eye you know, and and to me that is so beautiful because you you weave in your your passion and love for animals into that to to carry a story to send a message to people, and you know to me it's like I wish we had more more amazing artists like you, you know honestly to tell more stories like that. Um, yeah, I, I just want to thank you because the dog dog was just phenomenal. I had a friend uh, who watched it with me, you know, and, and she was like, why isn't it here in Singapore? And I'm like, what? Hey, <laughs> Y'all need to call uh, Film Rise as our distributor and they, mm. they do have international rights and, you know, get a, get a group of people and demand it. I'm sure. Yeah, it. I don't know how the process works because that's their department, but they would know. Maybe there's a way. Yeah, yeah. DVDs um, available, but I don't. Well, DVDs is kind of like um, a dinosaur thing now in Singapore. Everything is digital and online. Um, Everyone does Netflix, you know, Vimeo, 
Um, every, yeah, everything is just digitized now in Singapore. So even the DVD is considered quite extinct now, <laughs> unfortunately. I yeah. I know, I'm still a dinosaur, but, but you're <laughs> right. That's, that's the same in this country. It's, it's usually people of a certain age are the ones that watch DVD still. And, mm. um, my husband's in the Writers Guild. So it, at Christmas, they, well, before Christmas, they start sending things that are in award contention and so for for the dinosaur people like us they they still send out the dvds um and so we have this wonderful collection of dvds um but yeah i i like to own it and have it because you never know what's going to happen to the internet and when that breaks down it's like i got my dvds y'all will be coming to my house i'm telling you now i hear you i hear you what i'm curious is um you know, the, um, the physical act of changing from a fashion designer to doing your very first documentary buck, you know, how did you go about it? Because, you know, for a lot of people, and you said you started around you about 49, 50, when you made that career switch. Um, yeah. How easy was that? Well, I actually... When I started making films, I had been just doing art because I was a mom. I had gotten married. After the fashion career, I got married and moved to the country and had babies. And so in order to try to work and do everything, then I, I wanted more of my own schedule. So I, I just turned to art. And so I had an art studio all the time. Um, and that way I could you know work kids and art and and that type of thing so I I did go from art to film I would say and I I think at the end of the day I, I look back at it and I remember it being being really hard but it never occurred to me not to do it you know because in a way it was the craziest thing ever I mean I've told this story before but but I was at a Buck Brannaman clinic and it was lunchtime and he was sitting by himself and I, I just had this burning desire that somebody should tell the story. I thought that, you know, he was inspirational. It was, it was the, um, oh God, what year was that? <laughs> it was around 2008 and there had been the stock market crash in, in, in here. I don't know how globally that affected everyone else, but people were, they were kind of depressed and the economy was falling apart. And, you know, I think that sometimes being around a bunch of cowboys that there's a real work ethic, there's no whining. Like it, you, you have incredibly hard days and horses, you know, are always interesting and challenging. And, and it just seemed like these were some really tough people and that no matter what came their way, it was it was not not hard. Well, it was it was. Let's put it this way: it was hard, but they you just do it. You know, you toughen up and you do it. And I thought America needs a little toughening up. Cowboy love is what they need. And so I just thought that not only was his story really inspirational, but the way he was with animals and the parallel between, even though it was a, a movie about horses there was such a parallel between you know humans and life and and horses and and the connection between them and humanity and animals and there was just so much there it was it was just too good to be true and i thought i thought this would be an amazing story and and at the time they were talking about making one of his he had written a book about his life and i thought no one's going to ever play him and be like him so I felt very compelled to make a documentary, even though I had no idea how to do that. And it, I just kept figuring it out. Like it, it was hard, but it never occurred to me not to do it. And I think that the lesson, if anyone wants to take any lesson from it, is that just because somebody says you can't do it, or you think, oh, I couldn't do that, I've never done it before, there's no reason not to do it. If you really, if it's your heart's desire, if you think it's important, then go do it or just make it happen. Try any way you can to make it happen. 
And how long did it take for you to do um, to film Buck, the production and everything? It was it was about let's see we started two thousand eight. We really started filming more two thousand nine, um, and the film came out in two thousand eleven at Sundance. So so I'd say two and a half years. Wow, that. Is, is that is that a normal time frame for 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 a documentary to be made usually from conception to finished? Documentaries are, are very different. I mean, some people, if you're filming a rock concert, you could pretty much film it in a short amount of time and maybe do some interviews and maybe it would take you less than a year. But and I, I know there was a film that um, I was executive producer on called For the Birds. And that uh, director, Richard Mirren, who's an amazing director, he spent seven years following that story. So with a documentary, you can't hardly put a time frame on it. I've known, I've known them to be very quick and I've known them to be years and years, 10 years even. I would say the average for me would be three years that it takes two to three years to make a documentary. And could you share a little bit on your creative process? Well, it, it's different because if I'm directing, it's very different because you're wearing all the hats just about. I mean, you're, you're directing everybody that's working on the same film. And when I do executive producing, it's different, like some, like with Unbranded, I was extremely involved with every phase just about, and, and even did some, directed some side shoots while the other crew was off in Montana, you know, filming Cowboys. So, so it really just depends on the film that I'm working on as to, to how much I'm involved. But when you direct, I directed Buck and I directed the dog doc and, you know, like the, music video and stuff and then and so it you just you're you're doing a little bit of everything you're having to try to decide what your story arc is and how to tell the story and how to film it and you know exactly where you're going to film things and sometimes that dictates itself and sometimes you have to get more creative did that so, answer your question i'm not even sure well so what what made you decide to do the dog doc well, I had, when I had finished with Buck, I, you know, it was, it was interesting because I just thought I'm going to do this film and that's it. I really, it never occurred to me to do a different film. I wanted to make a film about Buck Brandman. So when it was done and, and it won the audience award at Sundance and it just started winning all these awards, then everybody kept saying, well, what are you doing next? What are you doing next? As if I had projects lined up and and it was kind of an odd question because I'd never thought about it. And I'd be on stage and people would ask me that. And I thought, well, you better think of something. And I immediately, the first thing that came to my mind was I would like to do a film about um, Dr. Marty, who I had actually been taking my own dogs to for years. Because in the same way that Buck Branneman really changed my thoughts and ideas about horses and how to think about a horse and how you know to work with a horse the same thing had happened with with Marty is that he had had shown me a whole new way of animal health which was so effective I mean he did he saved uh, I had a Sharpay at the time when I first met him and and she was literally dying at six years old so I, I really, I was, I was so distraught about it. And some person in a, in a store, in a, in a dog food store said, you should take the dog to go see Dr. Marty. And I, I didn't think she'd make it there. That's how sick she was. So I did, I was able to get right in. He was amazing. He, he called me the day that I called that same day and said, you know, I have an emergency. And he called at 11 o'clock at night and and started talking to me for half an hour. I, I couldn't believe this person had that much compassion. And he shifted my entire idea about animal health 
just in a matter of, you know, that phone call pretty much is because I was just stressing over it and I was so worried about it. And he was like, you know, you've just been suppressing this for years because we had had her on antibiotics and steroids and all these things chronically because she'd be fine and then she'd get sick and she'd be fine and she'd get sick. He said, you're just keep repressing everything um, in her body that she's trying to get out. So let's help her detox. And I, no one had ever said that. And no one had ever said, take her off the medication and we're going to give her some homeopathics and some supplements and, and see how she does. So, so that kind of changed my path there is that from then on, I went to him, I went to his clinic and all my animals just thrived. And that dog that was dying at six lived until she was 12. And she, not only did she live, she just, she stopped getting sick like that. She started acting like a puppy at six, which six is not an old dog, as you know, but she was just, she became an, a different dog, like right before my eyes within a matter of a month. I, I could not believe it. Um, so I thought, just like with Bug, I thought people need to know this. Like, why isn't everyone doing it this way? And so that was my answers when people said, you know, what do you want to do next? I just said, I, I want to do a film about Dr. Marty, which I had never thought about until someone asked me, what, <laughs> what are you going to do next? I was like, I better think of something. But then, I, but I really meant it. I really, I really wanted to. So, but it took... Yeah, that was 2011 and then it took heavens when did we start this film 2016 or 17 when we started um just because in a busy clinic it just then my schedule got busy with other people's films and and it, the timing had to be right the timing was perfect as it as it turned out except for the pandemic, which closed all the theaters when we were supposed to premiere in theaters <laughs> last year. So other than that, it was it was perfect. But from what I understand, it was very well received in, in North America, uh, despite the pandemic and, you know, everything going on. Um, you know, and I think that that really is credit to you and the way you crafted the document because it's really beautiful. Okay. it's really beautiful I mean like honestly it moved my heart I watched it a few more times like you know I finished it and I played it again and you know because it I I just I just really really enjoyed it so much you know um I think it goes back to my question on what is your creative process because do you think in color I mean like when you see when you start seeing something that you want to create do you do you start, how do you start visualizing it? Is it in pictures? Is it in sound, with music, in dialogue? You know, what, what sort of starts weaving in your, in your mind? I, I do always think visually, but, I, but also with the film, I start to think, you know, because I did have some great mentors and, and Julie Goldman and Andrea Ad, uh, Medich and, and people that are really tried and true filmmakers that, thankfully took me under their wing when I started to make Buck. And I think what's really important, because when I first came to them about the Buck film and I had some footage and, and they said, they said, well, why do you, that's my dog's nose that's now, <laughs> can you see? Um, they said, well, you know, there's a lot of interesting people out there. You know, we all know interesting people, but would they make a good film? And that was a really important question is that, yeah, a lot of interesting things happen and there's a lot of great stories that people tell, but is it gonna make a film? And that's, that's the real test. So I have to start thinking, you know, what's interesting about the subject and how would you tell it to people? Because our motto with documentaries is to show, not tell. So you don't want, a lot of people, like a lot of people will come to us with an idea for a film and they'll go, oh, this is a great idea for the film. And this guy, you know, he was a veteran or this happened or that happened. And, and, and I, I'll say, well, do you have footage of that? Or uh, did you have footage of when that accident happened? Or do you have footage of them doing such and such? So I go, no, but so I said, so basically it would be talking heads and maybe 
maybe a few photos. So it's important to be able to have a compelling story that hopefully is happening now, or at least that you have great archival footage for. You know, that's how you can do a piece on a famous person that has passed away, is that usually there is footage of them for a bunch of people sitting around and telling you about them does not tell you that much. Does that make sense? So, so for me, the creative process is, why is this person interesting? How would you tell the story? You know, what makes them interesting? What, what is it that moves me? So like with Bach, what moved me was, I thought he was the perfect message of, you know, tough work ethic person. Um, and, you know, and also his sensitivity with horses. I mean, he's very much about, there's not bad horses. There's just, you know, people that, that aren't talking to them in their language. And so, so it makes you more aware of your presence, whether it's with a person or with an animal, like it's, you can't blame the animal. It's not a bad dog, it, what are you doing? And so it, it, it turns that whole thing around of, of maybe you need to, you know, look at the man in the mirror or the woman in the mirror and see what are you doing to add to this situation and you can't just blame 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 because i think human nature is to blame another person or to blame my circumstance or to blame whatever so so for him you know it was like i liked the message i liked how he treated animals and so we because of all that we had teachers you know, say every teacher should watch this, every parent should watch this. We had people in prison saying they had shown it to the incarcerated people there and how it had changed their lives. And they would send us letters that would make you cry about how watching his story, because he was also had suffered abuse, was so important. So, so going back to the process, I know I start to ramble, but going back to the process is you, you have to decide why is the person important? How can you tell the story? And most of all, how can you tell it in a way that people are not looking at it like, oh, that's that thing over there. This story moves me. I need to watch it because it's about me somehow, some way, whether I'm a teacher and maybe I'm interacting with this child wrong as far as how I'm approaching them to make them learn or this is a troubled child just like it's a troubled horse like how how do I go about it so if you can't create a documentary that adds more than just a story of this person or that person then I feel like you for me I failed like it has to make it personal for you or personal for you know the truck driver or the school teacher or the prisoner or anybody. It has, I have to have something that's gonna reach the human nature. So what would you say is your guiding like ethics or values? You know, um, how much of you goes into the work itself? and gets translated out? That is a good question. Um, well, I thought it was a real compliment when some, I was at a dog doc screening. We went to a lot of festivals with the dog doc and a guy came up to me afterwards. I didn't know him, but to me, it was one of the biggest compliments I'd gotten. He said, he said, you know, I can tell that this was your film because I loved Buck so much, and this is this is the same kind of. I mean, not not like it's the same film, but it's but it's, it has the same heart. And I was so moved by that that he that he could see that, you know, that because it was it was what I find important. I was trying to get to the emotion, um, you know, certainly with the doctors and the people. I had been in that same clinic with my animals. And I had been in tears in that waiting room myself over leaving an animal for surgery. Um, I, I've so viscerally felt the emotions those people were going through. It was sometimes very hard for me to film it because I was so compassionate to their 
situation of having a, a sick animal um, or being happy when that animal got the good diagnosis and stuff. So, so I feel like, you know, that my, I, I'm always trying to move people in a positive, I, I've said this before, like I want to have a more uplifting film. There's so many documentaries and they are, they are so deserved that, that have some pretty grand messages. And I always hope to have a film where people are moved by seeing somebody else's story. Well, you, you definitely most certainly moved me with the dark dark. Um, Thank you. you know, like I said, I wish I could purchase it to, you know, just, just to be able to, to keep it, you know, with me because it, it's, it, it really is a beautiful documentary, you know, um, I will have to do a petition or something to, <laughs> to try and get it to be uh, available in this part of the world, because the message is so important, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I mean, I literally had tears as well when, when I was watching it, you know, um, so, and, and that's why, you know, it's, it's just, I knew like, it's just reconfirmed the fact that you're a very special lady that I really wanted to meet and talk to because you, you have such a kindness and, you know, it, it really does come true, um, in, in, in the documentary, uh, like, Cry now. <laughs> it's like, no, you no. It's it's you. You have so such much. a you have such a huge heart. You know that the compassion and the sensitivity that when you approach the subject, you know you're so respectful. You're so you're so understanding. It's like really, like you said, you know how the pet parent feels. I you know like me being a pet parent myself is like I, you know the 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 like putting myself in that situation and and going through all that. You know, I, I just, yeah, I mean, just thinking about it now, I'm feeling a bit, a, a bit overwhelmed, you know, um, that's how powerful I think um, the dog dog was and, and is, and I just, you know, uh, what can I say? I, I really love you as, as a human being, you know, and um, one, one very silly question because I'm a lay person. Um, and I've always been curious about film. Um, what is the difference between, say, a director and executive director? Well, I, I've been executive producer. Okay. So there's uh, the director is the one who tells tells everybody what to do, which is, of course, I love that. You know, you get to do tell the camera person you know, what you want to be filmed and you get to do the interviews. Um, and here again, with my films, it works that way. Certainly there's other ways to do filmmaking and these titles sometimes get fuzzy. You know, sometimes if someone just puts money into a film, they're called an executive producer. I personally like to have a lot more responsibility than helping with get finances for a film. I, I really like to be very, because creativity is really what I feel like I bring to the table. And so I like to be in on the creative meetings and you know discuss the cuts and, and maybe be on set sometimes. I mean, sometimes more than others, every, every film is different, but an executive producer can be somebody that does anything from just raising funds or they can be you know, very hands-on and helping, you know, talk to the director and, and weigh in on some of the decisions in the filmmaking, uh, which is what I prefer to do. And, and I've done eight films now, I'm working on nine and 10 right now as that. And, and I really like to be involved, but with director, you really are working 24 seven and you don't, you, you know, you line up who you want to do for sound and um, you just keep everybody moving. You keep the day moving. You tell people what shots you want to do. You um, pick the editor, you work with the editor and, and, and creating this here again, Buck and the dog app was about 300 
hours of footage. Wow. So you take 300 hours of footage and you boil it down into just, um, it's 90 minutes on average, 90 to, I think the dog doc was 100 minutes. Was it 100 or more? 100 and talking to Katie over here. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's, it's you, you have a huge job because you're in a documentary, there's no script. So you're filming whatever you think you might need, or you're trying to follow a story. So you end up with way more footage than you actually need. Um, but surprisingly, sometimes you still wish you had, I uh, wish we had filmed that, or, you know, this happened when we didn't have a film crew over at somebody's house. Like I wish somehow I had known or I'd known to come in to the clinic because with sick animals, you can't say, okay, this day, this day, this day, we'll film this animal. Like they were coming into the clinic when they needed to. So we were scrambling, getting the crew together. You know, my producer was Alice Hinty. She was amazing and she would show up for most every shoot. Um, you know, we would go to film festivals. Sometimes we'd divide and conquer going to film festivals. But we, oh gosh, a director does everything. I don't even know how to describe a director. <laughs> <laughs> but they have their hands in, in every aspect pretty much. It's like being a conductor of an orchestra because you have so many parts, moving parts um, to, to make them work together to weave the story, you know. Um, what would you say is your secret sauce for, for, for creating and for holding everything together? Well, I think, I think something that, I don't know if it's my secret sauce, but I think it's, it's hugely important is that you have to have a lot of patience and a lot of tenacity and you cannot let, because things will go wrong inevitably, you know, daily, weekly, sometimes they're big things, sometimes they're tiny things. You just have to roll with the punch because if you fall apart, then you're setting a mood for all these people that have often traveled from New York and, and everybody has their own personal story. So, so if you, you know, lose it, then it, it can put a damper on the entire crew and the entire day. And, and so no matter what, you have to try to keep everybody positive. And if, if, if there's a conflict or somebody's upset about something, then, in my opinion, it's my job to, to make that situation smooth out, you know, and to, to keep the peace and to keep everybody happy. And, you know, it's just, it's inevitable with, when you have a lot of humans that sometimes things don't go smoothly and there's some people that are gonna get more ruffled than others. And, and I think that, that to have a happy, healthy environment for your crew is, is probably the best thing you can do. Not to mention the people you're filming. I mean, the trust that you need to establish, you know, you might fool somebody one day, but you're not gonna fool them every day and you're not gonna get a true story from them if you don't really care and if they don't trust you. And, and I really care, I care too much most of the time, I think so. so getting that trust was always amazing to me that, that people trusted me so much to put their vulnerable story on camera and they would answer questions. I, I do love to talk to people about their life and personal things and I've loved to interview you. I mean, my husband used to always call me Oprah too, or he still does. <laughs> and that was before I ever made a film. He just was like, you just, you like to know everything. And it's not that I'm nosy. It's just because I really care. And I like to know, you know, what makes people tick. And I'm not afraid to ask those questions because coming full circle to, to you, I, I was a very shy person growing up. And I, I used to think, but if somebody asked me a question, I'd have lots to say. So I knew from growing up that way that just because you're shy doesn't mean you don't have an opinion or that you don't you know, think deeply about things. And so if somebody would ask me, I would just rattle on. So I always thought 
people aren't going to just offer information. You have to ask them. And sometimes you have to ask them a very personal question. And if you do it because you really care and not because you just want some gossip to tell somebody else, they know the difference. And I think that that, that for me and doing interviews and whether it was with Buck or with the dog doc that it comes in handy because because then people open up to you and I'm always amazed and honored that that they do open up so much and, and tell you their story and tell you some of their deepest thoughts and sometimes tell you things that you never saw coming and I'm always so honored when they do yeah I I, I understand that because since I started my podcast I've been interviewing um a lot of amazing people that I've admired and had the opportunity to meet like you. And, you know, sometimes they open up in such a way and tell me things that they might not have said before to other people during an interview. And it, and then my heart gets really touched because it's like, wow, you, you trusted me to open up the, you know, with me and to be vulnerable. And what, what would you, tell people you know like some people are so afraid to be vulnerable and open up you know um to share and they worry about what other people think um how would you advise these people if they were you know they wanted to to be one or with a brand with themselves with the world you know like find their own identity you know when people are starting to grow as a person you know, um, how, how vulnerable or open should you be, honestly? Well, it goes back to the person you're talking to. If that person wants to exploit you, then you should be guarded. You know, you should keep it to yourself. But if it's a person that is a friend and someone that you do trust and they're not there to manipulate that information, um, I think I think it's very liberating sometimes to just let people know how you feel. I, I think certainly in this country in these days, what's not liberating is if you want to decide to talk politics with somebody because it's so divisive, you know, that people, and I don't know about Singapore as much, but people here, it's like, you cannot talk, we used to could, it used to be that you could have a conversation and disagree. And these days I find it unfortunate that people almost um, demonize you if you don't have the same opinion as they do. And so in that case, I'd say, don't, don't share your opinion. <laughs> you know, I mean, if it's, if I, maybe I have a reason to feel like this, but it, you know, why get annihilated by somebody that's never gonna change their mind? Um, I do think though, if it's a friend, or it's somebody that, that you trust and they, they're just honestly interested in you, um, then it's okay to be more vulnerable. Is Would that, you, is, am I answering the question? I'm not sure. I think I'm also searching for, for the, the right way to ask the question and, and answer, you know. Um, I think you're helping me find this, this, this thing, which I'm gonna mull over. Uh, that's one of the beautiful things that I actually enjoy when I talk to people like you. You, you know, I, I actually, every time after an interview, I actually sit and think about, you know, um, the conversation and, and how it applies, you know, how I can apply it to my life as well. Um, with, did you ever think, you know, uh, you would stop producing documentaries? You know, like each time you finish one, I say, okay, that's it, I'm done. I don't want to do any more. I want to do something else. <laughs> you know, I, I actually really do love it. And right now, because we've done so many films in a row, um, my daughter is getting married in November. And so I, I kept saying this year, I wasn't going to take on much new work. Um, but I have found that I have taken on a few projects and here again, projects that aren't gonna demand a ton of my time, even though this project tomorrow is, is demanding a lot of it. We're, we're filming, I think I told you, um, at a dog shelter. That is an amazing dog shelter that's local here and, and 
the building's falling apart, but they do amazing work. So they want, they're renovating the building. They have, have an architect and a contractor. They're donating their time to do it. So, so it's been amazing. And so I'm gonna go film tomorrow all day to do a video that will help them on social media and stuff, um, uh, raise some funds, which, which I take just as seriously as if I was shooting a new film. So we have a crew from New York and it's, it's taken up a lot of time. And, but I, I love the process. I love thinking about, you know, talking to the people and creating an interview and how do I want this to look and half music video, half, half, you know, information. And it's, it's a fascinating process and it's an exhausting process, but I don't know if I'll ever stop doing it, but I, I like helping young filmmakers too. I've helped a lot of young filmmakers make their films and I bring a lot of information to the table at this point. And when I first started Buck, I had people that mentored me, you know, people that were much more seasoned and I soaked it up like a sponge. Like I just, I learned so much. And so I so wanna give that back all the time. Like to me, I would not be here today if it weren't for those people. Um, especially Julie Goldman and Andrea Medich. And it, it was just, and Toby Shimon, who's my editor on Buck. I mean, just, it was such a tutorial. So I just feel like I will always probably do something for film. Um, maybe not work as hard as I've worked the last few years, because we had kind of four films working at once, but, but I do love it. And I, I I think I can, you know, now help other people a lot as well. Well, Miss Cindy Meal, I want to thank you for your time today because I know you're such a busy lady. Um, and on behalf of all pet parents and animal lovers out there, I want to thank you truly from the bottom of my heart for all the work that you've put in for all your documentaries, you know. Um, you you are such a beautiful person with a with with such an eye for, for being respectful to the subject that you want to, to share with the world, you know? And I, this interview is, is giving me a lot to think about from the perspective of, say, me trying to interview people because I'm just a pet parent. I'm not a professional interviewer at all. I'm just a pet parent. So... You know, I just want to thank I'm you. A professional interviewer. You're very good at it. And I've been interviewing <laughs> a lot of people. I'm not kidding. You, you've got to stop saying that right now because you are professional and you are really good. You, you ask good questions and you're very thoughtful and you listen and see that's the best, most important thing to do an interview. But I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I'm just wanted to say you are a professional. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you, you made me blush now. But thank you for that. Uh, thank you for that encouragement. Because um, if there's one thing, you know, I, I just want to, to at least always be respectful to whoever I interview, you know, and I would, and I try not to put too much of my biasness into, into the interview, because I just want the person to be able to share their story, you know, um, but at the same time, so with you and your art, I mean, I think God gave you a, a gift, um, starting when you were wee one, you know, um, and having such an independent artistic streak in you, you know, um, I think we're really, really blessed because if it wasn't for, for your artistic flair, we wouldn't have, you know, amazing documentaries to uplift us, to inspire us. You know, especially the with these times now, these are quite challenging times for people. And I have to say, if people would ask me, what would you like to watch? You know, um, you know, like a, a war movie or dog dog. I will tell you, I watch the dog dog. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I I. You know, I'm the kind of person like if there's an animal in a movie and if the animal's going to die, I don't want to know. I don't want to see. <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm, I'm that kind of person. I don't want to see that kind of thing. But mm -hmm. your documentary, um, right from the start, even though I was across the world, you know, I've been dying to watch it. And I'm so blessed and grateful to the universe for listening to, to, my, to my 
press and my and my you know wanting to meet you because um I was really shy and nervous about approaching you. Um, I'll be I'll be really honest because I thought that you you know like wow you're going to be this amazing as I know busy busy woman you know and and you know because I'm I I know you're going to tell me to stop it but I truly am just a pet parent and with no professional training you know so most times people might uh, dismiss me as being you know eh. <laughs> but you know you've been so kind and generous with your time and I just want to say thank you. Um, on behalf of every animal lover out there and please continue doing the work that you do please keep sharing the stories that you see that move you because the way you look at things through the camera is truly moving so thank you very much thank you thank you so much and I, I have one more thing to say I'm never at loss for words but when I started making Buck which turned into I mean shortlisted for Academy Award, won at Sundance. I mean, and I, not to toot my horn, but it was crazy story. Cause you have to realize I had never made a documentary. I was not a filmmaker, just like you're saying, I'm not a professional. Well, I wasn't either. And I didn't even tell people I was doing this film because I thought they will just laugh at me. Like I have nobody to make this film. I, you know, so to me, it's like people like you you know, and people who take that step and, and, you know, leap in the net will appear. That's what makes success. And that's what makes, you know, wonderful things. And you're doing a wonderful thing. And, and so don't ever belittle yourself because you're not perhaps gone through training to do this or something like that. I didn't either. I didn't either. And now I made 10 films. So you can never say, oh, I, I'm not professional. I haven't been trained. I am not trained and I'm not professional, but yet I guess I am now, but it, you know, oh. you can do whatever you want. You're doing a great job. Oh, so, thank you. Thank you. Wow. I'm so thankful and grateful that you took the time to listen to this podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could subscribe, download, rate, review, and share this with others whom you care about that may enjoy it as well. Thank you and remember to be kind to yourself and others. Have a awesome day, everyone.